12. This is a passage of scripture that uh, the elders went through um, when we kind of got the first indication that uh, moving from Parkview was in our near future. Um, and just kind of catch you up, we've, we've been here for two and a half years as a church, another seven years before that as a college ministry, and now uh, on Father's Day will be our first day in our new location. We're meeting at the BCM building on the LSU campus, and so um, we're kind of ramping up to make that move, and so um, last week kind of started bringing you some things from the, from the elders, just some things that we need to be praying about, thinking about, talking about as we prepare to go. Genesis chapter 12 is, um, is where we'll be for a few minutes. Verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. All right, stop right there. Leave everything that's familiar and go, and I'm going to show you where to stop. All right? That's where we, the elder, that's where we found ourselves um, and that's uh, when we brought it to you, that's kind of where we were in the same place. Um, God has said, leave everything that's familiar, everything you know, and you're, gonna, you're not going to be there anymore. You're going to go somewhere, and I'm going to show you where. All right? That kind of connects to last week about um, God not being a random God. He's not random. He's very calculated and deliberate in the things that he does as he navigates uh, the world. And um, he's like, uh, I compared it to a composer who sits down to write a symphony it is extremely intentional, everything that happens. Nothing happens randomly in a symphony. Everything is on purpose. And so um, God is instructing Abraham to pack up and go, and I'm going to show you where to go because I'm in control of things. That's where we were. Um, and God, not being random, has strategically plopped us on the corner of Highland and Chimes on the LSU campus. All right? Um, so that was last week. This week, the next verse. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All right, we, get, we get this rare insight into the, the reasoning behind kind of what, what God has in mind. All right, a lot of times... Um, God, we talked about last week how it seems random because it doesn't make sense, and he doesn't always give us that inside track. You know, he just messes with our lives, and he's like, you just trust me because I'm God and you're not. And here's one of those times where we, we get to see what's going on. And so uh, he's going to take Abram, who has no kids, and make this great nation out of his, um, his uh, lineage, which seems kind of weird at the time. And there's a whole lot to that, and we won't, won't get into that. But um, he's like, I'm going to make this great nation out of you. But not only will you be a great nation, I will bless you, make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So it's like, I'm going to bless you, and then I'm going to, you're going to become a blessing to other people. Um, I will bless those who bless you, him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All right? Now, you want to take that literally? That's every, all the way down to your family tonight is blessed because of God moving Abram, slash Abraham, moving him and blessing the heck out of his life. That is why you can sit here tonight. That's pretty cool to think about. All the families of the earth 
blessed through this one dude. Okay? So we, we see God is not only... It's, he tells them to pack up and move, not random, but he says, I have a purpose here. And, and the, the purpose behind it is, is to do something huge. All right? Now, here we are. We pack up, we move, and now we know where we're going. Now I kind of want us to talk about the why and the purpose behind it. Now, we don't know all of them, but we do know biblically what some of the purposes would be in us moving. Flip to, flip, flip to Philippians. Not on purpose, I promise. Philippians chapter 2. We may not know exactly what our future entails, but we know biblically uh, the idea that God has in mind for his church. A lot of passages we could pick from. This is the one I wanted to pick from because we sing this song that comes from this text, and I like it when dots connect. Uh, chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay? Again, connecting to the randomness of the unrandomness of God. Very intentional, lots of purpose. God is the one that is, is doing everything. Okay? So again, we're jumping back to, to last week and that same thought flow. All right. Um, God is uh, this move connects with his will and purpose for our church and for your life as a part of the church, all right? You may not be a, a part of, of our church, and that's okay because the church you are a part of, it's his will and purpose for that church too, all right? Big church, capital C, not just our church, lowercase c, all right? So he's saying just keep on, keep on, keep on. When it says working out your salvation, it's not like works. It's, it's, you, you work through it. It's about becoming more and more like Christ, and, and it's, it's this uh, maturing process that, that happens. Um, and then look at verse 14. We don't like this one. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. All right, the NIV says... Uh, stars in the universe. Okay? Regardless of what translation you look at, you have a bright object standing out amidst lots of darkness. Okay? That's what he's telling them. You, you, here you are, you're surrounded by just a messed up world, and you're supposed to shine brightly like a light or like a star against this backdrop. Okay? So when, when we look at God moving us to that corner or wherever he moves us to next, the, the purpose behind it remains the same. The backdrop of the world, I mean, the world, it's a messed up place, right? We live in it like, it's, just, it's messed up. Watch the news, man. It's depressing. And it seems to be getting worse. But regardless, the, the call of the church and of our lives as Christians is to shine brightly in the midst of all that darkness. To be this like weird, like standout, something different that's out there. 
we went to the Passion Conference in January with some of our college students. Uh, Francis Chan was speaking, and he talked about how um, some people, uh, some Christians, they, uh, they blend in when they should stand out. And at other times, they stand out when they should blend in. Um, and so I just thought that was just, just a really, like, I just, he hit the nail on the head, you know. But when it, when it comes to, like, our presence, wherever we are as a church, the purpose of God for us is to shine, is to reflect, is to stand out, is to, to bring light to the darkness. And that sounds like, like really like judgmental, you know? Like I'm not up here being like, the world is horrible and like just, comp- I'm not like preaching this like exalted, I'm a Christian, so I'm above everything. That's not it at all. It's we walk the streets with, with er- the, we walk the, the streets we live in the neighborhoods, we work in these workplaces, and every one of us has the same call in our lives that regardless of what other people are doing, our lives are to shine. You know? There's supposed to be that contrast. And so when we look at the future of our church, that's a part of it. We're being brought to the corner of Chimes and Highlands so that we can shine there. And we may be there a year and a half and move somewhere else. And wherever else we move, you know what? That, that doesn't change. And us moving there from here doesn't change. We're, we've been shining here, you know? That's our job. That's in our job description. Shine. Reflect the goodness of God. Light up the darkness. However you want to look at it, that's, it's, it stays the same. Okay? We keep going. Holding fast, verse 16, holding fast to the word of life. NIV says holding out, all right? So regardless, holding fast, holding out, whatever, we're hanging on to it, all right? We're holding on to it, we're either displaying it or hanging on to it for dear life, regardless of how you look at it. Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. You know, Paul invested his life in this church, and he's like, look, it's not all for nothing. You guys keep holding on. Hold on to what you know is true. And so God, not being random, being very intentional, plops us there to be lights in the world, to be stars in the universe, to live life holding on to what we know to be true. That's what our future looks like. There's a lot of other stuff involved in that future, a lot of things that we don't know, but there are some things that we do know, and that falls in the list. So what I, want to, what I want to do is I want to point out like three, three things that, would, um, that would, would be considered opportunities that we're going to have there that we don't really have here. We know that, that that's our purpose, and we, and we know that God is bringing us there for a purpose. And so as we shine and as we hold on to the truth, there are some things that are come across our path that we don't really have as much here, all right? And so I, I'm telling you this, I'm not like casting vision, all right? I'm not passing on revelation from Jesus. I'm, I, I believe that, that my job is to try to keep the church attentive to God. And as we move, we must be attentive to him and what he's doing. And he's doing more than changing the address and the phone number that we're going to have in the phone book, all right? There's some bigger things going on, all right? There's three of them. The first one um, probably seems really obvious to everybody, all right? 
we will have an opportunity to connect with the university community that we do not have being here. And um, for me, that is, that is huge. Um, and not just because we were a college ministry, I was a college minister, um, I got a lot of good memories, I went to LSU, I was a BCM kid, you know, none of that, that's not, I mean, all that stuff is in there, but the big part of me is this, um, the reason why I was drawn to collegiate ministry is because I, at the time, saw this big disconnect between local churches and the campus. And you had the BCM that was trying to, to bridge the gap, but it just, it just wasn't happening. So what, what was going on is you had college students go in there four, five, seven, nine years, however long, um, and all their discipleship was coming from their peers. And while that's not, I mean, that's better than no discipleship, but scripturally, there, there is that, that, that wisdom that comes from other people who have walked with Christ longer than you. Again, not necessarily an 85-year-old man and 18-year-old, not necessarily that, but even somebody that's just a couple years older than you. Somebody that, you know, when you're a junior in college, and they're even just a couple years older, and they're like, you're like, man, what's a 401k? And they're like, I know what a 401k is. I just had to, like, do all that stuff. Even little things about life like that, bigger things about God and about decision-making and about um, just, just living life as a disciple of Christ. And so, and so I saw the, this disconnect, and I saw it in my own life, where I'm like, man, everything I'm learning about God is coming from people who are, like, we all graduated from high school in the same year. And that doesn't really seem biblically, like, to, to be the case. And so um, I was drawn to collegiate church ministry because I wanted to see college students connect with people older and younger than them, regardless of how many years older, just older and younger. Walk with Jesus longer, walk with Jesus less. To, to see that happen. So if there's a window of four or five years where this person is living in Baton Rouge for not, to not be a complete waste, you know, for them to not have gone their entire life or up until this point, maybe they were involved in church and they had Sunday school teachers and parents and youth ministers invest in them and they go off to school and they just completely walk away from, from the Lord. I'm not talking about drinking and partying and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like just, I don't want anything to do with Jesus anymore. And so I looked, I said, here's this opportunity to, during that window of time, invest in their lives and to get them ready to send them out to continue what has been started or to start something new and to get them ready to send them to the real, the real world, the big world, the scary world, as disciples in Christ, ready to go. And so that was, that was me. And as things started taking shape for the ring to become a church, I began to just, just think, like, wow, like, I, I want to have a church that doesn't look at the college students in the room as, you know, the, the, the non-tithers, you know? The, um, you know, they, they show up for the free food, but, like, they don't give, they don't serve on committees, you know, whatever. I didn't want to be a part of a church where college ministry was an afterthought, you know, and to have the staff where you have a full staff, and they're like, well, I guess we can add a college something because, you know, whatever. I wanted to have a church that's like, our church needs to look like our city. And considering the fact that there are 30-something thousand students at LSU, plus Southern, plus BRCC, plus, you know, keep going, we, we can't, that can't be an afterthought. 
that's got to be a major force because they're a major force in our city. So us moving there is obviously geographically going to give us opportunities that we do not have being this far away. I hope that that pumps you up. I realize that it may not. And that is a place where you and Jesus need to talk a little bit. Because he's bringing us there, and a part of why he's bringing us there is because that, to take advantage of that opportunity. Now, we may only have that opportunity being that close to where students live, professors live, grad students live, uh, all that kind of stuff. We may only have that opportunity for a little while. All right? And I'm telling you, we're not going to wait and wait and wait to take advantage of it. The reason why I wanted us to move at the beginning of the summer so we can get some of the kinks worked out so when school starts, we hit the ground running. Because I want those students who come in and they check us out in the fall, I don't necessarily want them all to come to the ring because I don't think we can handle all of them. I'm just guessing. But... I think it is important that when a college freshman comes to Baton Rouge and they go to the BCM and they're like, you need to find a church, you need to find a church, I think that the first church they go to, they need to connect with Jesus that time. They may not join that church, they may not whatever, but I think they need to have, they need to connect with Jesus that very first time, even if they don't end up. So I want anybody that comes in those doors to connect with God. If they never come back, it's fine. And so there's some things that we are going to have to uh, refine. We're going to ha- our, our hospitality is going to have to really get better. Not just with college students, with anybody. I like to, to think of our time together on Sunday nights as, as like family time. And my brother, Drew, who some of you know and some of you don't, um, he, Drew's not married either. If Drew were to bring a girl home and we were to have like this family gathering, um, she would not get ignored. She wouldn't. And nobody would, you know. You wouldn't bring somebody to your family gathering and not just have them not get talked to. But yet it happens in churches a lot. It happens, we, come on, let's be straight. It happens in our church plenty of times and so that that really needs to change um we need to get to a point where it doesn't matter if like oh it might be kind of awkward to introduce myself we say no no there's someone who's at my family gathering and i want them to feel welcome you know i don't know if we need to like just practice introducing ourselves to each other you know (laughs) simple things like that i don't really know but I, I, I do know that that, that, really, that really has to get better. And I'm like not at all saying you guys need to get better at that, <laughs> all right? I'm, I, yeah, I'm first on that team. I'm leadoff batter on the uh, I get awkward with new people, all right? <laughs> um, but here's the thing. When we stop looking at it as, oh, man, that's going to be awkward, and we start looking at it as, wow, I... I get to welcome this person to our family deal. You don't have to become their best friend. You don't have to stalk them on Facebook that night. You just need to just speak to them, introduce yourself. It's fine. All right, second one, the last two real quick. The second one, um, 
Chime Street is going to give us a lot of opportunities to meet and connect with people that um, Airline Highway is not going not gonna to let us have, all right? Um, Chimes Highland, that, that is a high foot traffic area, all right? Um, that is wonderful because there are going to be people who are going to just be curious about what's going on, you know? It's going to be a Sunday. There's going to be like, it's a Sunday night, and there's like some flags there, and there's some people there, and there's something going on, and um, we're not going to be out there, you know, like handing out anything weird or whatever, but there's just going to be some curiosity there. So that opportunity, we just got a big highway out here. We don't get foot traffic, all right? Um, But another thing that's going to be really, really cool is um, the randomness of who may walk in. I don't know if you've ever been in a church where a homeless person walked in and they were very quickly ushered off to the side and dealt with quietly so that nobody saw them or smelled them. Um, but this church can never be that way. And we're going to a place where we may get, like, you, know, you just don't know who's going to walk in. And they may be out of their mind. They may be high. They may have mental illness. They, they may just, just need to go to the bathroom. I mean, like, you just don't know who's going to come in and what their needs are going to be. We've got to be a place where that does not matter. You know, and and being in a, an area like that where there's all that foot traffic, like it's it's there. That's an opportunity we will not have here, and that too needs to excite us. Um, the other day I uh, was on campus and I went to Subway, um, and like met this like homeless dude, nicest person I've met in a long time. Just wanted to talk. He didn't, even, he didn't want anything from me, whatever. Just struck up conversation. His name's Kenny, and we talked for a little while. And I was just like, well, I was walking back to the B, and I was like, I can't believe that I'm going to get to do this, like, all the time. Like, I could never wait, walk down airline, you know? Like, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'll get arrested, you know? Those kind of things are going to happen. Um, we're going to talk about um, our need to keep everybody safe, especially our kids. We're going to talk about that next week, all right? Not oblivious to that fact. But um, that's going to be a cool opportunity that we're going to have. Um, The third thing, um, what's the third thing? (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm serious. I cannot remember. Save a life of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet for the podcast edit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, here's, the, here's the last thing. When we are done the, uh, on Sundays, um, there will be no teardown. You know, there won't be any of that kind of stuff. And there are a number of places to eat in walking distance of where we will be. Um, there is probably no more uh, anti-church group out there than people who work in restaurants. Um, and probably with, with good reason, all right? It's not going to take us very long to get a reputation at the chimes. Good or bad, it will not take us very long before they know that a church, meet, church crowd meets there on Sunday night and they can walk over here. How great would it be for us to establish right from the jump 
that we are the most generous, kind, considerate people that they see all week long. And whether you're at the Chimes or Serrano's or Cane's or Reginelli's or Subway or whatever, how great would it be to get to a point where people who work on Sunday nights are excited about working Sunday night? And maybe it's because they're like, yeah, man, I get hooked up on Sunday night. How great, you know, for people who get messed over constantly on Sunday lunch. Um, we have that opportunity now. What will be different, though, is that we're just in that, that close little radius, and that's going to be really different. This uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was in Seattle at this conference, and um, it was kind of a similar situation. There was a church... And is Mars Hill, and you could you could just walk. There's all kinds of different places to eat. And I went in this this little Mexican place, and I was talking to the guy. Um, and um, you know, he was he was like, oh, so I guess you're here with the uh, with Mars Hill, you know. And I was like, yeah. And uh, and so we started talking. I said, I said, tell me, I said, what what kind of reputation does Mars Hill have around here? And um, he said, well, he said, I tell you this. Um, he said, I, I don't really like the pastor very much because I disagree with, you know, a lot of stuff he says and whatever. He says, but I'll give him this. He said, a friend of mine was working at another place around here. He said, um, and uh, he was eating, and my friend was just completely rude to him. She's a waitress, she's completely rude, you know, whatever. And so finally he said, uh, have I done something to offend you? And um, she said, you haven't, but your church people have because they come in here and they don't tip and they're rude and this and this and this and this. And so he said, okay. He said, I'll take care of it. So the next Sunday, his whole sermon was on tipping. (laughs) And so I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then I was like, this guy knows that story. You know, like, how does he know what the guy preached on? He doesn't want anything to do with his church. And so I was like, I was like, so I was like, did you hear the sermon? He said, no. He said, but everybody that works around here, everybody knows that he went back and told his entire congregation that they were wrong and uh, and that they needed to correct it, whatever. He said, everybody, every waiter, every waitress around here, they all know that. And I was like, that's cool, right there. Not that it got to that point, but like that kind of buzz that's created. And that's the thing, shining as lights in the universe, or you know, like that. That's something we got to take serious. And so, as we move, God intentionally puts us there, but there are going to be opportunities after opportunities. Uh, That's probably not right, but you know what I'm saying. Many opportunities for us to shine like that. And we can make a long list. I kind of, what the elders and I talked about was our mindset and our heart set being this, not that we have to move there, um, and not even that we are moving there, but that we get to move there. You know, there's a big difference. I joke, I joke a lot about uh, like guys marrying up, you know, and like when my parents are around, they're like, "Hey, who's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's the girl that uh, Brandon Hayes gets to marry," and. Uh, they always kind of look at me funny, you know. I'm like, you know, Brandon's marrying way up, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, get to. But you see the difference? Like on June 15th, 
we, we get to go there. We get to move there. We get the opportunity with the foot traffic and with college students and that university community and the waiters and the waitresses. and whatever. We get this opportunity, and it is from God. And the, and the, the things that, that maybe we're fearful of, you know, I think um, you know, we've worked hard to go against the, like, oh, the ring, the college ministry, the college church, that college, like, label. We've worked hard to, like, to get past that. There are adults who will not come to our church because it has that, that label. And I know that it can seem like this is going to digress us in that. Um, it's only going to digress us if we let it, you know? Like, only if we stop inviting people and bringing people and loving people and, you know, whatever. Uh, and so um, God's moving us there. It is not random. It is on purpose, and it is to shine, and we will. And if you don't want to, then don't come back. I love you. I just say that very lovingly. Then throw your Bible away and tell Jesus he's not right. That is what the church is supposed to do. We will do it wherever we are in this city uh, until he comes back. Let's pray.